I'm Health Coach Heather, and you are listening to episode 108, How to Adore Your Spouse. You're listening to the Healthy Families Rule podcast, hosted by Health Coach Heather master health coach and wellness educator specializing in family health. This show is about raising a strong, healthy, resilient family with confidence and courage in a confused world. Hang out with me each week to learn practical coaching tips, parenting advice, nutrition and exercise suggestions, and stress reducers to apply to your mental and physical well-being. Come listen to all the Healthy Families Real podcast episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. How is everything going for you this week? Are you ready for another podcast episode? This podcast title, How to Adore Your Spouse, really came about because I have a couple of mentors whom I listen to every single day. And the way they talk about their spouses blows me away. They love and adore their spouses and they put it out there for the world to know. And I keep thinking, how amazing is that? to see true love, to feel of their love for their spouse and put that into the world so we can all feel it. And we're not supposed to take that and feel jealous if our relationship isn't the same as theirs. We can take that energy and put it into ourselves to work on ourselves and our own marriages so we can get to that point if we're not at that point. And I'm gonna teach you how to do that today, all right? So how, did, how to adore your spouse. The first tip I would give you is to stop falling in love with his or her potential. And what I mean by that is sometimes our spouse isn't behaving in a way that we hope that they're going to behave. In fact, when we married our spouse, they behaved exactly how we wanted them to behave. And years and years down the road now, they're not behaving the way we hoped they would or anticipated. This is not how we saw our future, but we're hanging on to the hope that they'll go back to the person they were when we married them. We're falling in love with their potential and who they could potentially be. And I want to advise to you, while that might be good intentioned, how does that make you feel? What are some of the thoughts you have behind loving that potential? Is it thoughts such as, I know this person is an amazing person and I'm going to love them because one day they're going to be amazing. One day they're going to see it too. And I need to love them so that they'll see it. I would just be curious Why do you go there and why do you really focus on their potential and so you love them for their potential? I want you to love your spouse exactly where they're at right now. And you might say to me, you don't understand. 
My spouse plays video games all day and doesn't give me the time of day. He doesn't or she doesn't date me anymore. They don't communicate with me anymore. What do I do to fix them? You're going to the answer that everybody in the world tends to go to when they're in a problem. And that is, how do I fix that person? And you might tell me, but I've tried to fix me and they still didn't change. (laughs) Right? That's your next answer. Because you had the intention of fixing them when in the midst of you fixing yourself to fix them. Do you see all the thoughts that are messy behind all of that? And I want to just offer to you, what if you stop trying to fix them or change them and you just love them exactly where they're at? A wise life coach once told me, a spouse is somebody for you to love and to have fun with, and that's it. And that's it. Can you believe it? No expectations. They don't have to take out the garbage. They don't got to punish the kids or discipline them in any way. They don't have to cook dinners or meals. Our only expectation of this spouse is to love them and to have fun with them. And it doesn't even have to be a two-way street. It could just be from my street. I'm going to love them and I'm going to have fun with them. Listen, when you show up that way in a marriage, you really start to adore your spouse because he actually feels your adoration for him while you're doing this. Okay. And I hear women, you know, you, I'm, I might say, or somebody else might say, oh, I love my husband. He treats me like a queen. And somebody might say, well, I'm not treating my husband like a king because he doesn't treat me like a queen. And I might say back to them, you need to treat your husband like a king. I promise you, you treat your husband like a king, he's going to turn around and treat you like a queen. But what happens is our ego gets in the way. So I'm going to ask you to surrender your ego in your marriage. And this is going to be something you're going to need to practice on a daily basis because it's going to come up and both you and him or you and her are going to put up walls And your pride's going to get in the way and neither of you will want to take down those walls. And it's going to lead to miscommunication or zero communication or more arguing. And we don't need more homes where there's kids being raised with parents who don't truly love each other and they can't feel that love. What happens is when a kid sees that and gets used to that, what do they think love is? They think it's arguing or silent treatments. How do they behave towards their spouse now? They saw you do it. You raised them. So we need to fix this. Or if it's an abusive relationship or an emotionally abusive relationship, we need to figure out a way to get out or get some therapy and get some help. Get it fixed so that the love can be there. And I want to teach you how to have the love in your heart for your spouse, considering that um, you both are high-functioning mentally adults, okay? You're not in any kind of place where you're not functioning. Now, there might be depression or anxiety in the home with one spouse, and I want you to know that you can love and adore them with their condition. They might have a disease or 
an illness that's been going on for years and years and years. And I want to still offer to you that you can love and adore your spouse through all of that more than you could ever know. So we need to surrender that ego. What I see from time to time is one of the spouses comes and they say, you know what? My husband or my wife, they won't be intimate with me. They don't want to touch me. They don't want to talk to me. They don't, they don't go there with me anymore like they used to when we were married. And so I don't go there with them anymore. And now we've lost connection because that part of our life is no more. What if you didn't have thoughts like they don't want to be intimate with me anymore? They don't want to connect with me anymore. Those thoughts are actually poisonous thoughts that are going to cause you guys to separate, whether it's just not talking to each other or physically or whatever, emotionally. I want you guys to come together. Of course, I want you to be intimate with your spouse. How could I not want that? It does bring more connection. But when you have the thoughts, this person doesn't want to be connected with me and doesn't want to be intimate with me, how does that make you feel? I'm guessing it makes you feel pretty lousy, pretty rejected, pretty abandoned, doesn't it? Here's what I would do if I were you. I would really get in the habit and the practice of taking care of myself really, really, really well. And what does that look like to really take care of myself? Well, I'd be eating a better diet. I would really start to cut out sugar. I would start to cut out flour and dairy. I would look at my eating habits because I know that those eating habits are not doing my brain any favors as far as clarity and optimal function and thinking things through correctly and handling situations and having patience and having love and compassion. If I'm eating like garbage, I'm going to be putting out garbage and guess who it's going to land on? My spouse. So the first thing I can do is look at my diet and how I'm taking care of my body. Am I really taking care of my body? Do I like the way my body looks? Do I like the way my body feels? At some point, I have to step up and go, what I've been doing to get healthy isn't working. So what do I need to do next? I keep finding the thing that works for my body that helps my body be the healthiest. You can go back through all of my podcasts and get some amazing tips on how to do that right here. So that's what I would do first. And then I would be the one because what I see with couples is they get shy around each other sometimes. One person's not busting the move, so now the next person's not doing it. And now it's been months, and now what happens? You got to put your ego aside and stop thinking, I shouldn't have to be the one to always pursue the other one. There's always like a chaser, isn't there? And a runner. (laughs) There's always a runner and a chaser, it seems like. And if you can just stop chasing, stop being the chaser. If you're chasing too much, (laughs) I've heard my my life coach talk about this too. If you're chasing too much, the runner is going to keep running. So all you got to do is take care of yourself and love your life and have an energy and an air about you that you're happy and you're settled and you're complete, no matter what the relationship looks like. And that's what attracts and draws in the runner, if you will. Okay. 
So if you don't want the runner to run and you want them to pursue you, love your life exactly where it's at. Take care of your health. Exercise your body every day. Do a mindfulness practice every day. Do some deep breathing. Have an energy about you that attracts people to you. They want to just be in your presence. They want to be around you. And the runner's going to come run into you. You won't even have to chase anymore. But also, we don't know exactly the thoughts that are in her mind, only we're guessing if it is a her or a him, whatever's happening in your relationship. This person probably wants you to pursue them if it's been a while. So don't be shy. Don't have your barrier up. Um, typically, it's the woman that will put her guard up and say, well, he hasn't, so I'm not going to. Just put that ego down, put that barrier down, and get in there and bust the move. Because action begets action, my friends. And if you want to get some action, you got to be the one to go in there and bust the move and make it fun and make it great. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on the topic of intimacy. But finances come into play too. So if there's a couple who's having financial issues, that also cuts out the intimacy in their life too, because they have all these thoughts and burdens of other things going on that they don't really focus. They can't let that go enough to focus on the relationship and connection and strengthening the relationship. I like to think thoughts like, I love my spouse enough to like, make it happen. I love him enough to, to go in there and be the one to bust the move or whatever you folks want to call it these days. I love my spouse enough to keep the dating going and just to make it happen instead of just let it go to the, to the back burner. I love my spouse enough to sit and chat with him and connect with him over deeper issues if that's how he likes to connect. I love my spouse enough to sit and play video games with him, even though I hate that. Do you see what I mean? Like these thoughts of I love my spouse enough to do these things. Now, if they're inappropriate things, of course, you're not going to go do those things. But you work on loving you and have and having this energy about you that attracts people in. And you can watch people in your life change because of the person you're being. And sometimes they won't come along and something and at that point, I think you, you do need a good therapist, a good person who works in these relationships to help get you through some of this tough stuff or a good life coach who works with couples. And if you need some suggestions, I know a few, they could help you. Okay. That's one way. That's one thing I would do is surrender the ego though. You have to learn in a marriage to put that ego down and to watch your thoughts at all times. What are the thoughts you're thinking about your spouse. How many negative thoughts do you think about your spouse on a daily basis? And how many of those thoughts are spoken out loud to a friend or a family member or wherever? The only place I would ever want you to rag on your spouse if you are really upset is in your morning pages journal. And it's a journal that can be ripped up or burned. Basically, nobody looks at this one. You just put it all out there, okay? Anything that's really bothering you, get it out of your head, get it on paper, take a look at it, and then go burn it and rip it up. That is a really healing practice to do if there's really something that's bothering you. And then get in the habit more of speaking about your spouse in a positive way more often. So when people ask you about your spouse, 
don't say something sarcastic and rude about your spouse. Like, oh, he forgot my birthday. He forgets everything. That's not helpful. Say something nice about your spouse. Say something super kind. Why did you fall in love with this person? Why did you marry them? What was it about this person that lured you in or attracted you? Let's go back to that moment and find that spark where you were smitten enough to marry this person. What was it about this person? Did you know that person is still that person? Sometimes they lose themselves along the years and they forget who they are and their potential and all of that. And while we hope for a better life for them, we don't fall in love with their potential. We fall in love with them where they're at. We meet them where they're at. And you've got to constantly be watching your thoughts on this one. Because if you have a bunch of negative thoughts, thoughts turn into actions that lead to results. And those results don't lead to anything good if they're negative thoughts, my friends. So our thoughts could be something as simple as I'm working on speaking more kindly about my spouse. I'm working towards, I'm looking forward to really feeling the connection between my spouse. I'm open to new ways to connect with my spouse so we can have a deeper relationship so that I can adore him or her. Can you see how those thoughts get your brain working on ideas of how to do that, how to connect on a deeper level with your spouse instead of speaking negatively, especially to other people? I always, it always kind of turned me off when I'd get into these groups of girls and they were all ragging on their husbands, like their husbands were these dumb idiots. And I was, I just kept thinking, why would you, why would you say those things about your spouse, even if you felt that? Like, why would you say that out loud? There's something super powerful about the spoken word. And I just want us as women to be a little more refined, to be a little more careful about the way we speak about our spouse. Would we want our spouse speaking about us that way? Another thing I like to think about is if I died tomorrow and there was a funeral for me, what would be the thoughts of my spouse and of my kids about the life I lived? What kind of person was I in the home, in situations? Was I nagging a lot? Was I telling them what to do a lot? Was I having these high expectations? Was it really heavy for them in the home with me there? Or was it light? Was it fun? Did I bring the fun? Did I bring the cheer and the happiness? I'm telling you, if I died, that's how I would want people to remember me is, gosh, that wife of mine was so fun, so spunky, so spontaneous, so lighthearted, flexible. She was just so fun to be around. She was so great to be around. She never pushed me or nagged me to do things. And that, didn't, that doesn't mean I don't communicate my needs with my spouse. I do communicate my needs with my spouse. But I find the right times to do that. And I say it in a way that doesn't hurt the spouse, my spouse. I try to really be open and clear and say, I have something to say and I hope it doesn't hurt you. But this is how I think our marriage could be better. These are, these are some of the things I would love to see happen in our marriage. And then I let go of the expectation. If he does those things, he does those things. If he doesn't, I don't make it mean anything bad about me. When you make something mean something bad about you, 
of course you're going to act out in a negative way and you're going to get a negative result. But when you stop making his actions or her actions mean something about you, they don't love me anymore or they would do this thing, that's kind of manipulating. And it's really not fair like to really put these expectations on people. It's like you're having this manual for your spouse. Your spouse doesn't need to follow the manual you've written for him or her on how they should be a spouse. You know what your manual should say about your spouse? If your husband's name was, let's say your husband's name is Grant. That's my husband's name, right? Grant. My manual for Grant would be, I want Grant to be the grantiest Grant he could ever be, which basically means I just want him to be himself, whatever that looks like. And I promise to love him wherever he's at, whatever's going on, whatever. Because I would hope that his manual for me would be similar. I just want Heather to be the heatherest Heather she can be, whatever that looks like. How loved and supported do I feel when my spouse just wants me to be me and doesn't want me to be somebody else and doesn't wish me to be somebody else? He just wants me to be me. And I just want him to be him. And sometimes it looks messy. It's not perfect. Sometimes I wish better. Sometimes I wish there was more this or more that in the relationship. It doesn't mean that it's not perfect, though. It doesn't mean that it's not supposed to be this way. Our brains tend to think something's gone wrong. And I'd like to remind my brain that nothing's gone wrong at all. Nothing at all has gone wrong. So don't let your brain like go to these places of, oh, no, he's cheating on me. Oh, no, he doesn't love me anymore. He's not intimate with me. He must be cheating on me. Can you see how like that's ridiculous when our brains go there? We don't really have evidence of that. We're just assuming it's something. Women do this all the time. <laughs> let me tell you, our brains can make up any kind of story and 20 exit to the nth degree. And now, because of those thoughts in our head, our emotions are all over the place. We're dramatic, we're super depressed, we're sad, we feel unloved, we feel like we're going to be alone, like we go to worst case scenario. And we, we punish ourselves because of these thoughts that we have. When really what we could do is take a pause and a deep breath and go, you know what, nothing's gone wrong here. And if I need more from this marriage, if I need intimacy, if I need connection, I'm going to be the one to make that happen. I'm not going to expect him or her to come to me and pursue me and make that happen. I'm going to make that happen. I need to be the pursuer. Because what would Heather, who is fun and lighthearted and flirty and flexible and awesome, what would she do in a relationship? I mean, she would just go for it, right? She would just have fun. She would just love this person where they're at. And I don't want to paint a picture like you need to be intimate to be connected because that's not true either. That is a very personal thing. And that is very different from couple to couple. Some couples never have sex and they are very connected. And they can be connected because they truly do like feel the love and care for each other. They hold hands. They're very tender and sweet the way they talk to each other. They communicate well on long car rides together. 
they just really feel connected on so many levels, but they aren't intimate. And that's okay. Like, what does it look, what does your relationship look like? What's the manual you think it's supposed to look like? And is that working for you? Whatever your manual thinks it's supposed to look like. Because I want to invite you to rip up the manual, burn it. Don't use it. Remember, the manual should only say, I want this person to be exactly who they are, whatever that looks like. And I'm going to have, and my only job now, since I want them to be just them, my only job and responsibility in this relationship is to love them and have fun with them. So how do I bring the fun back into our marriage? What the heck does that look like for us? And for every couple, it's going to look different. When you can bring the fun back into your marriage and you don't have to force it and you don't have to expect it to happen overnight, this might take a year of you just trying little things here and there to bring the fun back into your marriage. Be friends first. Find that place where you can be friends and then make deeper connection from there. But this is ultimately what I would say to you. You do have needs that need, that need met. I understand that. So does your spouse. But it is not your job to meet his or her needs, and it's not their job to meet your needs. You need to figure out a way to meet your own needs. And a lot of times, we can go and get a massage, some self-care, right? That's, that's an intimate thing, actually. When someone's putting their hands on your bare back and giving you a massage, it just feels so loving and nourishing, so if you're missing connection on a deeper level, on an intimate level with your spouse, go get a massage. It's not the same, no, but you're going to be getting a need met through human touch. And that's really what you need is human touch and connection. Hug people more, shake their hand, be close to people, listen to them, love them. That can fill an empty void where intimacy isn't coming in. It's just having relationships that lift and fill you up. That can be really good for you. All the while, you're working on establishing an intimate connection if that's what you need. Okay? So take care of you. How else? We've got the self-care thing. Let's get that done. Let's make sure that's happening. We're eating healthy. We're eating fresh fruits and vegetables. Less dairy, less sugar, less flour, any foods that are causing allergens for us or inflaming the brain, let's cut them out. Let's bring the good foods in, more water. Okay, lots more water, lean proteins, seeds, nuts, lentils, legumes. Bring in all the healthy stuff. Get your eight to nine hours of sleep every night and see how you feel getting a nice, deep, restful sleep. Exercise. I mean, exercise is the best thing you could do every single day. If you did some 15 minutes of a high intense exercise where you went running and then you sprinted and then you jogged and then you sprinted, then you walked and then you sprinted again, like you're going to get oxygen quickly to that brain. The endorphins are going to be released. You're going to feel so good. That feel good hormone is going to be out the window. You're going to feel so good because you're taking care of you. 
you have to meet your own needs. When these areas are taken care of, your life will feel so much better. And as you're working on those thoughts of, of really loving and adoring your spouse, it's gonna, it's almost like we say it until we fake it till we make it kind of until we really believe it. But then it does get imprinted on us because we're becoming and attracting them to us through the person whom we're changing to be ourselves, spiritually, physically, mentally. We're not an emotional basket case because we're really taking care of our mental through healthy eating and exercise, talking with a life coach if we need to, clearing all of this out. And if you do need a life coach, I am a life coach. You just come and apply for my coaching program. If these are some of the areas of your life that are hard to deal with right now as your spouse, I want to help you with that. I want to help you get through that. But if you need a couple's life coach and you both want some life coaching, I can refer you over to to a life coaches who are highly skilled, highly trained, who can help you guys. I want you to adore the crap out of your spouse. I want you to adore and love them like there was no tomorrow. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a spouse and you wish you did, and you're saying, well, what's wrong with me? I haven't, I don't have anybody. This is what you need to do. You need to practice taking care of yourself, getting your body healthy, looking and feeling your best really goes into your nutrition and your exercise, taking care of your mental health. Again, you might need a life coach to clear some of the heavy stuff that's going on. So you don't take that into a date and now you've dropped a whole bomb on him. And now he's like, whoa, this person is weird. I don't want you to be that way. You probably have to clear some stuff and you need to become the kind of person you want to marry. You need to become loyal. You need to become trustworthy. You need to become fun and lighthearted, easy to get along with and not an, not an, an emotional basket case. The world already has too, many, too much of that. They don't know how to get over that actually. And the principles are so simple. Nutrition, exercise, water, sleep, Vitamins, if you need to supplement, talking with a coach, talking with a therapist, if you have one, like that stuff needs to happen on a regular basis. If you're not doing all of those, I don't know what to tell you. Like your life's always going to be where it's at. And then you need to be willing to get out there and go on a date with 200 people this year. How many did I say? Holy cow, 200. I bet if you went on a date with 200 people, however you met them, you got yourself out there more. You got into more groups of people. You did some speed dating. You did some internet dating. You did all kinds of different types of dating. Out of 200 people, I could almost guarantee you, you would find the perfect one for you. And if you didn't, guess what? Now you've got some really good friends out of those 200. I bet some of them could become good friends, which could, which could potentially turn into something more. Who knows? But you met more people and you were willing to go out there and do it and make it happen. Can't sit around home hoping and wishing someone's going to ask you out. That's not happening in this day and age anymore. That's not the era we live in, ladies and gentlemen. You got to go out there, but don't be weird. Like start to really take care of yourself first. Get healthy. Get your brain healthy. Get your body healthy. Don't go out there saying weird stuff and, and dropping all of your baggage on people. They don't need to hear that. Okay. And I mean that with love. I don't mean that rude at all. 
let's clear your baggage, go talk to a coach or a therapist while you're exercising daily and eating a good nutritional protocol. You're going to look and feel amazing. It's going to attract more people to you. I promise you that. You probably won't even have to go out there and look very hard because you'll just be attracting people to you through the energy that you're putting out there from doing these things. Same in a relationship with a spouse. You start to really take care of you. Your energy starts to shift and change. And your spouse like becomes reattracted to you. And you guys can start to connect more when you're taking care of you. All right, that's what I got for you. Now, if you'd like to come and apply for my life coaching program, you're going to work with me for three months. We're going to do a deep dive into your brain. And we're going to coach you hard, coach you so hard on all the things going on in your life for three months, weekly coaching sessions with me. We are going to find a nutrition protocol that works for your body, and I'm going to help hold you accountable to that nutrition protocol and that exercise protocol and watch yourself transform in just three months. In just three months, you could be a completely upgraded version of you. I'm not going to say a different person because you're always this amazing, wonderful person, but there's something inside you that's more than it could be now. And that's true for all of us wherever we're at in our lives. But I want to help you find that. So you're just going to click the link in the show notes and you're going to apply. You'll do a health assessment. We'll get on a phone call together. I'll tell you all about it. I'm going to show you how I can get you from A to B in just three months time. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I'll talk to you next week. Go out there and love and adore your spouse. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Just go on over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, hit copy and paste on this podcast episode, share it with a friend, let a friend know how good it is. And if you wouldn't mind, go rate and review the show in iTunes podcasts, your rates and reviews help more people to find the show who need help. And as always, go on over to healthcoachheather.com to learn more about my coaching and all that I can offer you. Oh,